I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120. KMOX. Welcome in, not just to this edition of Nothing Impossible, but to what might be the coolest home in St. Louis, Michael Calhoun, and the co-owner of that home, Travis Sheridan, on this edition of Nothing Impossible. Yes, we're welcome to the Container House. We're uh, doing the show on location today. This is one of the most, the most highly anticipated homes in St. Louis. <laughs> Certainly the construction has been tracked by folks, A, going to Crown Candy, but also, I mean, it's unique in that uh, it's one of the only shipping container homes in the region. You've, uh, you've encountered some bumps along the road. This has been quite the journey to get here. I think this house probably epitomizes the name of our show, right? Nothing impossible that, uh, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of no's along the way. No, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. Surprisingly, not from the city. The city of St. Louis has been incredibly helpful, but uh, even the, even no, just structurally, right? There's engineering constraints when you're trying to do something like this. And, and so it was really cool to think about how are we going to actually get to yes with a lot of these decisions. It was really cool in your old home, all the art everywhere, the local art, the creativity. I see some pieces that have made their way over across the street to this new home too, but the home itself is almost a piece of art. I, I do consider it a, a piece of public art. I mean, it was co-designed uh, by my Myself and Zach Smithy. Zach is a local artist, but also the the creator of the first container home in the region, the one out in St. Charles. And so he and I collaborated on this. And uh, so it's nice to work with an actual artist. Uh, then we did talk to a real architect to make sure that could actually get built. But yeah, we, we, we wanted to make sure that it was artistic inside and out. Innovation when it comes to where you lay your head at night, mm-hmm. right here. And so we'll talk, uh, we'll go through the house. We'll talk with both you and Gina about this process and about, you know, maybe some of the coolest things, some of the, the things you love most about what has uh, turned out here. And then also on the show, we're going to talk with Chris from Tech Artista, which is another cool space in St. Louis. It's, uh, you know, where do you go to work? Do you go to an office? Do you do it at home? Do you go to a co working space? What's the benefit of these? And why is Tech Artista expanding so much in St. Louis? We'll talk with Chris and find out Christopher Holt find out a little bit more about that what I love about what Chris Chris is doing with tech artista he's really engaging the artistic community the creative community right so there's a lot of graphic designers filmmakers artists that are working out of that space and like you said they're expanding which is great it means there's demand for more creative places to work all right so we'll we'll get to tech artista in a little bit but first I really want to check out this home. Where, where are we, first off? Describe where you, uh, you decided to locate St. Louis City's first container home. So uh, most of our listeners are familiar with Crown Candy. Who wouldn't be if you're a St. Louisan? Uh, even if you're outside the area, you've probably heard about Crown Candy. So we are about 175, 180 paces just to the north of Crown Candy, right in old North St. Louis. I've seen so many posts on social media for folks who I think have gone to get the BLT at Crown Candy, yeah. and as they're waiting on the side lo- sidewalk because they're there's usually a line. They're taking photos of what is this right around the corner, this cool house that's going up. It's gray. What is it made out of? Is that metal? A lot of people who've gone to Crown Candy have uh, peeked around the corner to see what you've been doing. Well, Crown is actually in a perfect location because if you look to the south, you can take pictures of the arch. And if you look to the north, you can take pictures of the container house. It was this nice view on either end. Beautiful vista. 
and great food at Crown Candy. Coming up, all right, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get uh, into this container house. I pulled up and saw you and Gina sitting on the porch on the second floor of the balcony. So cool. Can't wait to check it out. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. More Nothing Impossible right after this. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back. Nothing Impossible. Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan and Gina Sheridan. Oh, yeah. My lovely wife joining us on this episode of Nothing Impossible. First time on this show, right? Yes. All right. Well, uh, we're in the container house. So, of course, it's appropriate to have my my co-designer walk us through this house. So uh, I want to ask you first. We've talked about this house a lot. And I think I know the answer, but I, what is your favorite? We're on the second floor right now, which is like the master suite floor. What is your favorite thing about this house? Okay, my favorite thing is the floating um, bed that Zach Smithy built us for our master bedroom. It's, um, it's amazing. At first, I was a little scared of it, but it is solid, and it looks really cool. And I also love having laundry on the second floor. <laughs> The simple innovations in life, right? Oh, it's just, just steps from the bedroom, right? No, it's so nice. It's so nice, yeah. I didn't even realize this was, I didn't look underneath. There are no legs. This is a floating bed. That's really cool. Yeah, it is. It's really, it's really cool. People like it. <laughs> How do you describe from the outside, because it's radio, so folks who haven't gone to Crown Candy, sure. even though they should, and check out the house, yeah. but uh, how do you describe the design that you've gone with, with, with the way that you've staggered and stacked these shipping containers? So it's nine shipping containers. It's right under 3,000 square feet total. And uh, if our listeners understand the game Tetris, it does look like a Tetris shape. So there's three on the first level, and then the second level is pushed backward a little bit. So it leaves a deck in the front and a carport in the back, a little bit of cantilevering going on, and then three more on top. So it looks like kind of like a pitchfork type thing, uh, but yeah, or a tuning fork. But yeah, we did it this way so that we could have this nice deck, a beautiful, it's almost a 300 square foot deck right off the front of the house. Uh, Again, beautiful views of the arch right outside, and a great way to be neighborly. I mean, we are in Missouri, we are in the Midwest. We're very hospitable around here. It's just nice to look outside and wave and say hi to people. But the other thing that I think people will notice right away is that it looks very industrial, right? We're surrounded by bricks all around, uh, beautiful red brick. And uh, there is not a single brick in the construction of this house. Maybe one of the few houses with not a single brick in this neighborhood. Uh, But it is uh, still an homage to our heritage because these are shipping containers and we're on the river. Not a single brick, even even ceremoniously inside the house as decoration. We have one brick ceremoniously in the house. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I pulled up. You guys were on the porch. You said that people have been driving by, walking by, neighbors waving. And what's the reaction, Gina, Ben, for the folks who live around here and the, who visited here? Yeah, people are really, really supportive. Um, they drive by and wave or honk or give us a thumbs up. Um, we haven't had any negative responses. Um, everyone's, you know, seen a little bit about it on the news or in the paper, and um, and they just wanted to come by and see it. We had a gentleman here from Atlanta this morning. He was in town, and someone told him to come see it while he was here, and he stopped by and t- took some pictures, so it was nice. That's so cool. How do you feel, though, about your home becoming, I don't want to say a tourist destination, but for for folks who love architecture, certainly they, they want to come by and check it out. And and in fact, I have to mention this, the photo, the videos you've posted from the doorbell yeah. out front. I'll let yeah. you describe what's going on with those. I think this this house, that doorbell cam could have its own YouTube channel I mean, pretty soon. It's uh, it, it is interest, It is weird with so many people taking an interest in the house. I don't mind it. I mean, I, I really don't mind. We, we, have, we, we invite people into our home all the time. 
but we invite people into our home. It's the people that walk up to the window and press their nose against the glass and like peer in. Like, and most most cities or most regions, that's called being a peeping tom. Like, it, you could be arrested for that type of thing. Uh, so that's been a little bit I don't know, disconcerting, but we're it's okay. Nobody's like nobody's like looking in. I don't think they're trying to case the place. They're not trying to peer on us, peer in on us naked or anything like that. They're just curious, and that's cool. And yesterday, I got a notification that someone rang the doorbell, and it was a class of twenty-five kids from Normandy. They were just in the neighborhood, probably at Crown Candy or something, and um, all of them were right in front of the house, and it was really cute. And I'm sorry I missed them. I bet they were wowed <laughs> by it. Yeah, and and. I love hearing people say, wow. I mean, St. Louis has so much great architecture, and, and we hope we can do a small piece of carrying on the traditional tradition of well-built, nicely designed buildings in St. Louis. Uh, again, it's in North St. Louis. There's not a lot of new construction that goes on here. Unless you're a major real estate developer, uh, you put out renderings and maybe nothing ever gets built. Uh, here, we put out a rendering Got was done. It looks almost exactly like the rendering, a little bit different color, but other than that, it's, it's to me, a promise fulfilled to the community that we said that we were going to do something and we've done it. And so what has that process been like to build, I mean, from the neighborhood to the building materials? I mean, what are the different factors, the different challenges that you faced getting it off the ground and then through the process of building it? And now you're finally here at the finish line. So uh, we we made sure that we, that we in Old North, there's a, an asso- homeowner, a, like a neighborhood association, neighborhood group. And uh, we made sure that we went to the neighborhood meetings and shared our plans with people, got some feedback from others. Uh, we wanted to be as transparent and inclusive in our communications as possible. Uh, we started this, an interesting thing about, you know, the process. We started this, uh, the build process and the planning probably January of last year. And we knew we weren't going to start the construction until March or April. And that gap right there uh, is when the steel tariffs went into place. And uh, th- we're in a big steel house uh, with a lot of steel reinforcements. So our, you know, Thanks, Trump. But our, our, our steel bill went up about 25% uh, just as a result of the tariffs. The shipping container is made of steel. Uh, did that come from the United States? And then and you said, I see a giant steel beam right here, right through the middle of the room. Yeah, so more was also involved beyond the container. Yeah, so it wasn't as much the containers. I mean, the containers, you know, if steel goes up in value, though, these st- these containers can be recycled. So the, the, the price of the containers did go up a little bit. But there are about eight major I-beams, 55-foot I-beams running through this building. Uh, and so each one of those is, wasn't, a, wasn't that cheap. It's not going at, like going out and buying a two-by-four, right? It's, uh, it, it was pretty expensive. And, and so that was a bit of a surprise. But we, you know, we've been planning. We've been you know, storing some money away. We've you know, cut corners in other places, uh, you know, maybe not eating out as much. However, you know, we, we have a nice new kitchen now, so we want to make sure we can cook a lot more in the house. I see steps upstairs, and I'd love to get your thoughts, Gina, on downstairs here as well. Why don't we take a break? We'll walk to a different part of the container house. Right now, we're on the second floor, floating bed, which just looks right out on this almost wall of windows with this huge deck that you've got on the second floor. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, uh, we'll keep talking about it. Uh, you ha- we'll try to describe the master bedroom, uh, master bathroom to the listeners. Bathrooms usually aren't that exciting. This one is. We'll see if we could paint the picture right after this. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Michael and Travis with you inside of St. Louis City's first and only container home, and we're in the bathroom. <laughs> what a place to do a show. Is this the first time we've done a show from a bathroom? I think so. I, I think I'd remember that if we had. Yeah, so I, I wanted to spend a couple of moments here, uh, and then we'll go up to the third floor and take a quick look there. You know, 
again, showing people that, that nothing really is impossible in St. Louis. If you wanted to build a dream house uh, in almost any neighborhood, you can. But this bathroom, uh, just for our listeners, it's eight feet wide by eight feet uh, deep. I mean, it's a, it's a big dual showers, major tub, and a beautiful skylight up above. And, you know, baths should be relaxing. Like we all need a place to just have an oasis and relax at the end of the day, especially as we're, you know, working with uh, innovators or you're covering breaking news of all the crazy things that happens in the city. Uh, or Gina is working at her library with all the chaos that could happen there. Like it's nice to just come and relax. Now that sounds like we just invited you to be part of this bath. That's not necessarily the case. Well, it's really cool, Gina. I understand that uh, you came up with the idea for this wall of green, which I can imagine once those really start to grow and you're in here and you're relaxing and all this plant life is around you. I mean, talk about the idea for this and what it's going to mean for you. Well, we have one wall that is still the steel containers. And um, of course, that means that's magnetic. So I had the idea of um, getting these bright white containers that... Um, that have magnets on them. And then I went to Bowood Farms and picked out some planties and um, and it's just all green and um, I can't wait for them to kind of um, grow bigger and it, it'll be really nice. Under that skylight, it just works really well. And the skylight's possible because the, the way you've kind of cantilevered these shipping containers to create the parking space and the deck and a place for a skylight in the bathroom. Yeah, in fact, a lot of people were asking if we, because we could have put another deck off the back of the, of the third floor, uh, but we don't need that much deck space. I mean, we have a big deck in the front and we really wanted to create a lot, a lot more natural light pour in uh, because a lot of the, the windows are on the front of the house. We don't have windows all over the side of the container, try to keep it cleaner. So we wanted to drink, bring some natural light in from the top. And Bowwood Farms. You didn't go to Lowe's or order online. You went to a nice local greenhouse to get your greenery here. Yeah, and they were really, really helpful. I'm not, I have kind of a black thumb. And so <laughs> I asked uh, lots of questions and they were very, very helpful. So, yay. All right, so second floor. Yes, let's go, let's, uh, let's go up to the third floor. That's where uh, the art gallery is. So we'll wander up there real quick. All right, up the stairs and to the third floor. Ooh, this is like an art gallery up here. It is. We want. We purposefully designed this to resemble an art gallery. Uh, when I first moved to St. Louis and we were living in, in downtown West, we'd go on walks and we would love to go to the Contemporary Art Museum and, and Pulitzer. And uh, not that this is built just like the Pulitzer, but we were inspired by the Pulitzer. Uh, Amy Pulitzer originally built that because she wanted to live in it and then decided to turn it into the, the, the gallery instead. And so I thought, well, what would be cool? What happens if you could build a gallery that you could live in? And so uh, a lot of open space on this floor. We even, I even designed and constructed these moving walls. Uh, that oh, so these walls move. Oh, yeah, there it is. The yeah. wheels on the steel beam up there. Yeah, so we're taking advantage of the, of the I-beams and put some uh, metal uh, trolleys on it. And the walls slide side to side and also rotate so we can always configure it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so some of our biggest pieces are on these hanging walls that Travis built. They're beautiful. What are, I mean, I was commenting downstairs on the first floor about how it looks so artistic and creative. Mm -hmm. This is specifically a place to exhibit. And is this a lot of local art or how do you decide? How have you collected these? Are these from, you travel all over the place. There's so many local artists here in St. Louis. Where's all this stuff come from? 
So I would say 80, probably 90% of our collection is local art, and local is defined by where we are at a given time. So there, it's, uh, when we're from California, I'm from California, Gina and I met out there, so there's a lot of artists from California that we still collect, uh, a a num quite a few St. Louis artists, uh, but when we travel, either me for business or us together, we try to find a piece of local art to bring home. So most of this art is, is local, and we know the story behind the person, have gotten a chance to meet the artist. That's so cool. What's maybe one or two things? Oh, hold on a second. I see a brick over here. I think that's, that's the one and only brick inside of the container house, right? Yeah, Missouri number one, St. Louis, Missouri. It's, uh, this if you're going to have just one brick, you should have the first brick, honestly. That's right. You should have the first brick. Uh, somebody found that because they were, t they were like redoing their patio, and they literally brought it over to my house, and they said, Travis, we understand that you like bricks. Here's a brick for you. And... It, it just, it works. Like we have a brick in the house. That is so cool. I could just stand here and gaze out these windows too. You're so high and the view is just, oh, and there's the gateway arch. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Gina? This incredible view up here of this beautiful brick homes, the architecture, the street life and the arch. Um, I love this view from the third floor. Um, you can see arch, the arch very clearly and you can see the 14th street um, plaza just down the way. Um, we originally, this lot um, was on Dodier Street, but we changed it to 14th Street, the address, um, because we really just wanted to be a part of 14th Street. It's, it's just near and dear to our hearts, and it's beautiful to look down um, and see all these beautiful homes. How big uh, of a factor do you think entertaining is going to be? with all this space that you have here now and, you know, the yard as well, in addition to, you know, like this art gallery space and the patio and everything. Well, I, we, we really like to entertain. Uh, we do it for a couple of purposes. One, we love to spend time with our friends. And secondly, we like to invite people into not just our house, but into the neighborhood. Um, you know, the, Places like North St. Louis and Old North St. Louis, uh, people will come here for a reason, right? They'll go to Crown Candy, but they don't always wander through because of whatever perceptions they might have about safety and security and whatnot. Yet when you invite them in, those perceptions start to change. I can recall coming for the, the house tour, and that's a perfect opportunity if you've never been here and you, maybe your only touch point is Crown Candy. Come for that, and you're on the sidewalk all afternoon. You're walking. You're checking out different homes, what pe different people have done with the different buildings here. Yeah. And that's a really cool, I think, opportunity for people to come and check it out. Yeah, and uh, the house tour is always on Mother's Day weekend, so... Uh, as you're listening to this uh, on Sunday, unfortunately, you've missed it uh, for this year, but... You can still come and just walk and enjoy the architecture. That's right, and pressure... Just don't peer into <laughs> Travis's front window. Press your nose against the glass, that's fine. You might end up on the doorbell cam. <laughs> well, any other, any other oddities or unique little features here or anything else that you... Gina's pointing, all right. Spare bedroom. Oh, spare bedroom, awesome. Is this for visitors? Yeah. Oh, and the Pe here's the Pez collection. <laughs> so um, in our former house, we had this um, Pez collection on the wall in um, the form of a rainbow. And this is a little smaller space, so we did it a little different. So there's blues and yellows and greens um, in this bright um, spare room. You have collected so much, I feel like, over the years that... And, and it's not like it's just kind of thrown all over the place. Like everything has a place for it. Everything is so intentional. Things are not just set out, but they're integrated in in different places. I mean, talk about how much thought went into 
people think of architects and, and designing the building itself, but the interior design and all of that. Well, first, uh, my my or should I be turning to Gina well, for I was this? Say, my advice is marry a librarian. Uh, <laughs> it's very well at keeping things. Right. But I, I think that you know one of the things that we've tried to do is uh, not have wasteful things. Right? We don't want to waste space. We don't want to have items that we never use or never look at. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons for building this house is we were running out of room for art at our other house, and we wanted mo- we wanted more space to display these this this work because these are these, this art is done by people. And this is their bread and butter. Like, this is what they do for a living. You know, we all have jobs. Our listeners have jobs. Artists do this for a living, and we want to be able to show off the work that they do. Gina, can you come to my house? And I just have stuff that's just all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And this is great how this is all put together. Yes, you need a librarian. No, um, yeah, Travis always jokes that um, that when we move together, I unpack everything and hang all the art within three days because I just don't like clutter and I and I do like a, a place for everything. So um, for instance, we have a old card catalog from a library and I've always wanted one because I think they're beautiful, but um, I didn't know what to put in them. Like, what do you put in little tiny drawers? Socks, paper clips, like it doesn't make sense. So um, I looked online and someone was putting wine bottles in them and it, they fit perfectly. And now we have a lovely wine cabinet that is uh, made from an old card catalog. That's something that nobody else is going to have either. Right. And, and there are things like one of it, we have an old set of theater chairs that we use for extra seating, like a couch. Uh, you know, we like taking items that had a purpose, even these shipping containers, right? They had a purpose and we want to find a way to repurpose them. Uh, these containers were at the end of their useful life, which meant they were heading to the scrap heap. Uh, the card catalog, no long, you know, it's all digital now. We don't need card catalogs anymore, but so, a craftsman, a, a maker made that card catalog. Somebody made these theater seats. When, they in, when it ends its normal useful life, there's so many things out there that can just be repurposed in a beautiful way. Well, any other thoughts as, as you prepare to finally settle in to uh, one of the most famous houses I feel like in St. Louis. Well, I, 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 this was, this was not an easy process. Uh, I mean, it was a long process. Banks were still frustrating because there's no, there's no other container houses for them to compare them to. Uh, But I want to tell the next person it will be easier. Like we would think that the existence of this makes it easier for the next person. And, and we've been very open with sharing the process and even sharing the plans with people so they can see what goes into it. Um, And we're always willing to talk with people about it. We could go have a Fitz's root beer on the deck or something like that and talk about what it means and what it takes to build a container house. Um, and I just want to give a shout out to our contractor, Joe Bandalos. He really um, put his blood, sweat and tears into this house and um, just, I mean, really built it with his own two hands. Um, and he got a lot of local um, people from the neighborhood to help. And it, it, we didn't have any problems with the job site. It was just a, kind of a wonderful thing. Yeah, a lot of our subcontractors were minority-owned subcontractors. A lot of the, the, the laborers, either the contract work or the construction workers, were from the immediate area in the neighborhood. So this was this was this was a house built by the neighborhood, right? This it was we might have conceived it, we might have come up with the original design, uh, but there are so many hands that put went to work on this house. It was just so exciting. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to? go off the beaten path of what St. Louisans have traditionally, where they've gone to build new houses, or they're trying to get a mortgage in an area where they'd like to be part of a renaissance. Uh, What advice do you have for folks about navigating that field uh, when they may not be following in the footsteps of too many other people who've set the precedence for the mortgage company, for example? Yeah, well, I say, you know, a lot of people say no, but when they're saying no, they're really saying, we're not interested. And or we don't get it. Or we don't get it. So find people that get it, 
right? Uh, it took us six banks saying no to get the construction loan. And then Enterprise Bank and Trust said, yes, we'll do that for you. So shout out, like we can give shout outs all the time of these companies and these contractors and these people that say yes. I think in a, in a place like St. Louis, and really I think human nature, we get, uh, we get, demoralized and dejected with when a person says no. Like we want to, we have a, we have a plan. We say, we want to do this, help make it happen. And if it doesn't happen, then we stop. And uh, we just don't want people to stop. I want want people, you know, North St. Louis, the city is not going to be better if we stop when people say no. Uh, We, uh, we really want to just keep pushing forward. And I think the the one thing I would add is I, I do want to acknowledge that Travis and I are privileged to have stable jobs and we um, we had a house like, you know, this was a long process, but um, but we didn't give up because we had that um, we had that privilege and a lot of people don't have that. So um, I, I just think it really takes, um, you know, creative planning, creative financing, um, getting people together to help you. Um, I just say don't don't hesitate to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, asking for help is, is really big. Um, the a good case in point, I need, it was going to rain. We needed to put some dirt down, and I had a, a bunch of dirt delivered from Kirkwood Materials, uh, like a whole truckload of dirt and a half a truckload of, of uh, gravel. And I stood out there Saturday morning with a wheelbarrow and a shovel thinking, this is not going to work. So I sent a text to one of our neighbors, Matt Fernandez, who happens to own a, a bobcat, and said, Matt, uh, got a couple hundred bucks for you. You want to come help help out? And and it, so asking for help is one thing. But, you know, also I was going to spend that. I probably would have spent that money renting equipment myself. Why not, you know, help support a person who's already doing things in the neighborhood? He has a sunk cost of buying that piece of equipment. Uh, I, I, we like doing those kinds of things. And you get to spend time with your neighbor. Spend time with a friend, right? I was either going to spend six days doing it on my own or a good solid hour and a half with Matt. (laughs) Well, thank you both so much, Gina, Travis, for opening your house up like this. Hopefully you guys get to settle in soon and maybe the notoriety wears off a little bit. Yes, we're really excited. I I feel like it's home already. Everyone's been really supportive and um, kind about it. So, And... uh, this is just one of the creative spaces in St. Louis. Like, like you said later in the show, we're going to talk about one of the other creative spaces in Tech Artista. This is, this is a creativity episode. Tech Artista, that's up next. We'll call Christopher Holt right after this. Gina, Travis, thank you again. We'll be right back on Nothing Impossible. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on Kangam OX. Christopher Holt, CEO of Tech Artista. Cool space in the Central West End is joining us. And uh, first of all, for folks who are wondering, uh, Christopher, uh, what is a co-working space? What is Tech Artista? I just go to the office and sit at my desk. How do you, how do you describe what this, this new wave of working spaces is? Who goes there and what do people use it for? Yeah, so, I mean, co-working space is kind of the main word for it, but really we describe ourselves more as a community space um, for all sorts of people who might just work remotely for a larger company, um, who might have their own business that they're working on, whether it's a tech startup, or just a small business that's looking for a community to be a part of and to work around. So we provide office space, but we also provide a lot of sort of resources and support for our members to help them get their businesses really up and off the ground. And I guess, actually, when you take a look at the, the businesses that have located in Tech Artista or who have used your space, it's uh, health and wellness is even a part of it. So when people think of startups and small businesses, they may think of tech companies and apps, but actually not even just health and wellness. Cynic, uh, I remember going there to check yeah. out those guys and what they were doing. It's a wide variety of people who are looking for cool spaces to build things and do things these days. 
And that that's part of our goal is if we have a really diverse community, it prevents there from being too much competition internally within the space such that members are, you know, comfortable bouncing their ideas off each other without having to worry about them getting stolen and you know, getting a wide variety of insight into what they're working on from people of all different sorts of backgrounds. How are things going, by the way, with Robbie Garrison? Is the movement project uh, taken up? How many office spaces have they expanded to so far? Because it seems like the, they just keep packing them in. They, uh, yeah, so the movement project is our main health and wellness partner. So they run the main gym out of our space, which um, he actually offers membership to all of our members as well for $100 a month to get them access to personal training because it is very easy to, when you're working on a company, to forget to take care of yourself because you put everything into that company. So uh, we try to make it as easy as possible for people to take care of their business and themselves. And how do you, how do you describe the, the space in there? What did the building used to be? How much work went into turning it into what it is now? And, and what's the, the aesthetic like in there, the, the center staircase and the colors? It's a, it's a very cool place if you are looking for uh, somewhere to do your work. Yeah, I mean, I would love to take credit for that uh, that amazing piece of architecture, but it was actually built out in 91 by a group called the Puckett Group, um, and they were there for years, and then later Creative Producers Group was there. Uh, but one of the problems with that space, and especially when it was built, you know, following uh, the uh, sort of the bubble in 08, there is not a lot of leasable space. There's a lot of common space. So our landlords had a hard time filling it for about four years, uh, when we came along and partnered with them to try to build something where we could monetize not just renting out offices, but selling memberships to people to hang out in the common space and uh, try to you know, balance out just the physicality of that space with a model that would work for it you know, in today's day and age. So um, luckily we've had wonderful support from our partners, Jim and Nikki Dwyer, who really, to their credit, saw this vision early on and uh, kind of helped usher us in that direction as well. Have you had any, because uh, people think about startups, small businesses, maybe freelancers who are looking for a desk to use. Uh, have you had any contract workers, flex workers, uh, folks who may be working for a large company who says, you can go work from home now. You don't need to come into the office. And so they're kind of looking for where do I go? Have you had any of those uh, situations there? Absolutely. Uh, we definitely have a lot of people who work remotely, either maybe re- relocated to St. Louis and still working for the company that they were working for prior to moving here. But also one of the things we uh, work with some companies on is act- actually providing them an additional space outside of maybe their office space in St. Louis where we can kind of can take over some of the community building aspects for that company um, by giving their employees an opportunity to come partake in our community events, um, to take uh, partake in our programming, uh, and just to give them a space to come shake things up or, you know, maybe when they want to have an off-site meeting for a few days, uh, do it somewhere else besides the office to see if you can maybe pull something uh, new, you know, out as far as the ideas that you might come up with because it's such a creative space. And what are some of the amenities uh, that are offered at the Central West End, a coffee bar, for instance, anything like that? Well, uh, yes, we've got a full cafe, we've got a full gym, a uh, rooftop patio, uh, two conference rooms, and like I said, a bunch of programming that's available for people to partake in, which is almost always free for our members for these events. Uh, we also have a small podcast studio in there, uh, and there's a couple organizations in there like uh, Balsa Foundation or STL Youth Jobs that are support organizations to help uh, either STL Youth Jobs provides interns 
for a lot of companies around St. Louis and also provides small grants for first-time entrepreneurs. So uh, whether it's stuff that we directly offer or our community offers, there are just a ton of resources available for all of our members. We're talking with Christopher Holt from Tech Artista, the CEO there, the original location in the Central West End. But talk about Tech Artista Studios. Uh, it's coming to the Grove this summer. What's that going to entail? So the studios is an old church that we're rehabbing on Taylor and Gibson, and now Bob Gibson Way. Um, this was um, previously the Shalom, um, Shalom House, which is a women's shelter. Um, and when they... Um, when they ended up relocating from there, our partner on that space was really looking to find something creative to put in there. Um, and so we're building out artist studios with a lot of natural light. There should be actually a full recording studio in there that we're working on right now, um, a wood shop, and we're in talks with a couple larger tenants again to be able to provide um, some community resources to that space as the Grove is seeing a lot a major explosion you know in investment and development there so our hope by building a community space is that we can be a resource for people to be a part of that economic uptick and not get left behind throughout it well for instance kitchen space i mean again going back to what people immediately think of when they think of small businesses and startups they probably think of somebody coding on a computer or building something you know at a desktop uh but kitchen space. I mean, St. Louis has seen so many restaurants that have started maybe from food trucks. I mean, the barrier to entry, I feel like, for some of these, including food, could be lowered. And is that kind of the idea with uh, Tech Artista Studios? Yeah, with, uh, especially with having that kitchen. There are a lot of, there are a lot of entrepreneurs um, that we've seen in St. Louis that Balsa, especially the Balsa Foundation works with a lot, who maybe their kids have gone to grow on and maybe they're immigrants who came here and want to uh, maybe start something that shares the culture of where they came from. So we've seen a lot of people maybe starting companies that, you know, where they're making a sauce that is from, you know, uh, wherever they come from. And so being able to, you know, in order to get something like that up, you need to be in a, a kitchen that's fully approved for handling commercial food. And the goal is that this can be something that people can just rent out by the hour when they need it without needing to build their own facility, which is a huge and expensive undertaking that we hope to be able to facilitate for people so they don't have to try to figure out how to find $100,000 to get something started when really the best thing to do is just start it, try it, and see how uh, people respond to it. So we've got Central West End, we've got the studios in the Grove coming soon, and then there are two more, I understand, tech artistas uh, that are coming beyond that. Where are those going to go, and, and what's the spin going to be on the concept for those? Yeah, we are working on a space in Clayton right now, which would be a more professional space, um, primarily targeting people who need lots of administrative services, like maybe small law firms and things like that, um, which would be... Um, a little different than our normal, our current space right now, but also the goal with all of these spaces is that it's one membership, so if you're a part of any of it, you can go to any of our spaces. Um, and then we also have a space in the Lewis Center that we're working on with WashU, uh, and that is really geared towards um, many of the students who might not realize the opportunities that are, there are for them in St. Louis. Um, maybe your master's of architecture, social work, uh, things where, you know, especially in this market, there are a ton of opportunities to develop interesting and creative solutions in those areas. Um, and we're hoping that 
you know, by building a space there and with the university, we can try to expose some of those people to those opportunities while they're maybe only expecting to be here for a few years, but realize, you know, that there's something that they could find a passion and, uh, and work on here in the city. Yeah, is that something that you hope, because we hear anecdotally, especially all the time, about how we have the best and the brightest who come here to go to Washington University and the other schools, but then why don't necessarily a, a critical mass of them stay? Why do they move on? And I've also done so many stories, whether it's medical research that's grown out of BJC and the WashU School of Medicine, or whether it's folks who are in the entrepreneurialism program at WashU or SLU, and they've got an idea, and it actually turns out to be a legitimate business, and it turns out to be a startup that we wind up, you know, doing stories on and learning about in St. Louis. And is that part of the goal, adding this this space directly inside of Washington University? Definitely. I mean, I, you know, there's a lot of talk around uh, retention and the brain drain. We, I don't like to use the word retention because it's kind of a scarcity mentality. You know, our hope is that we can show people what is here and attract them to stay here. Um, because there are a ton of opportunities, it's a huge town pool, very low cost. Um, and especially as coastal and larger cities get more and more expensive, this is a really great place to try out and figure out what, you know, if an idea is worth pursuing without having to, you know, spend your entire life savings on it. So we hope to really be able to show people that, um, you know, not necessarily just the students um, and people that we might work with at the space with WashU, but really across all of our spaces. Final question, I think, uh, Christopher, is what does the rise of these spaces like Tech Artista mean for the future of work and the future of people going into, you know, an office and sitting in a desk? I mean, I think, I think what we're seeing is just that more and more people are looking for a stronger sense of community, um, which is really one of the major things that we provide. Um, and it's hard to always get that at your job. Maybe you're at a small company where they don't have the resources to create all sorts of programs for their employees like that. Um, and these sort of spaces allow people to do it together, you know, not just with the people they work with, but just with other like-minded people. And I think over the years, we're definitely seeing a trend um, towards people finding that, especially as social media, while it does maybe bring us closer together in some ways, uh, some ways it also brings us further apart as we don't necessarily always have to FaceTime with other people who have different opinions. And our hope is that our sorts of communities can offer spaces like that, sort of refuges for people to have conversations and test out their ideas and their thoughts. Yeah, the term Travis, I think, uses for that is serendipitous collisions. You would never think that maybe you work, well, for instance, in Cortex, you work at a yeast company, A.B. Mori, and yet you may run into somebody who's working at Boeing Ventures doing something completely different, and that there are still commonalities and there are still things to be, to be learned from each other, and that's something I think companies are realizing a lot more about these days. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Christopher Holt, CEO of Tech Artista, thank you so much for the time, Chris. Thanks a lot, Michael. All right, so Chris is doing great things. Tech Artista is continuing to grow, and it's uh, inspiring and housing creatives all around. So this has been a good episode. Thank you so much again to both you and Gina for opening up your home like this, and it's just incredible. Check it out, but not by peering through the windows. They'll catch you on the doorbell if you do that. Check it out on Instagram or Twitter or something like that. We'll post some pictures. Uh, or if you, uh, if you find me, stop by and ask, and we'll, we might give you a tour. Well, thanks, thanks, Travis, and thanks for joining us this week for this edition of Nothing Impossible. All right, listeners, we'll be back next week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.